Flanagan. Flanagan. Welcome to the Flanosphere, my little <laughs> cucks. This is... What's up, all you betas? <laughs> I am Dan. I am smoking a big fat cigar. I am wearing sunglasses with sort of like an ombre tint. Oh, actually, I mean, those sunglasses are actually kind of cool. You think so? Not Maybe not the ombre tint, but I, I, I'm very into uh, like the yellow tint like the amber sort of tinted sunglasses oh well like like 70s porno man that yeah. kind of thing that i love yeah i'm like of course i <laughs> my my style recently has is shifting into like sort of 70s porno guy i uh, here's the thing i think is it fair to say we're both like pretty hairy people oh 100% yeah <laughs> so it's like any any sort of accoutrement that there's like a you know, there's like a visual language where it makes sense. Yes. <laughs> of course I'm going to exploit it. Yeah. Of course. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. The peak of, of male fashion was the 70s, mm. I feel like. Everyone's just wearing browns and oh. yellows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's all like it's tight fitting, but also like kind of big in weird spots. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the tightest jeans you've ever seen and then a billowy shirt unbuttoned to your belly button. <laughs> yeah. Tucked in, but unbuttoned completely. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and the more we talk about this, the more I'm like, well, maybe not. Uh, I'm Rob also. What are you smoking a cigar? Uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm sipping on a, uh, an 18 year old single malt scotch. That's amazing. And I also uh, want to add, I have a babe on each arm. Yeah. Well, I, I obviously have a babe on each arm and on each leg. Whoa. And they're uh, trying to take you down once and for all. <laughs> they're prisoners in your home and they're, yeah. they've, they've all worked together. <laughs> yeah. Tonight's the night. Tonight's the night. They take me down. Um, You're a bad man. Yeah, obviously. And while they're doing that, I'm also trading cryptocurrency. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's it's going to bounce back. I can you feel it. You see that Bitcoin? It's up to $65,000 a coin. What a what a joke. Oh my god, it's all made up. And yet, as time <laughs> goes on, I'm like, maybe I should just be doing that. Dude, maybe I should just be doing whatever it takes. <laughs> Right, You're like, oh man, should I just be a bad guy? Should I be? A, should yeah. I? Ha, ha, should I enter my villain era? Dan? Oh, and he went off just then. <laughs> you all saw it. Y'all heard it. That's it. That's that's the spot. Rob, Dan. Um, far be it for me to ever tell you what to do, but mm-hmm. I'm gonna do it right now. Uh oh. Hush the fuck up. Oh shit. What the hush? I was thinking about doing this whole episode in sign language, but I decided against it. Mm. For an audio-only format, that would have been really tough. <laughs> I mean, tough for the listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Easy for you. Such right. dexterous and nimble hands. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Famously. Uh-huh. Uh, I, w- I guess we could, do, we could also do like a Morse code thing. Oh, I guess so. Yeah, beep, 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 beep. Or just like a, a dry erase board, something like that. Oh, just honestly, 
I would listen to a podcast that was two hours of a dry erase board, like squeaking and tapping or mm. like a marker squeaking and tapping on a dry oh, erase board. I'm sure you could look up an ASMR video on YouTube. That is just that. I bet you I could. There's this Instagram account I follow. Uh huh. Tell me. I'll plug, <laughs> I'll, I'll plug it if you want. Uh huh. Um, it's this guy and yeah. he, takes a circular dry erase board okay puts it on a potter's wheel and then just like takes a marker ha- and just big like, fat yeah fucking dry erase fucking guy oh man it's like, like the it. width yeah. of the these markers rob oh, it's like the, a, it's like a two it's like inch. a coke can <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's incredible i've never seen anything like it i know where do, you, where do you get your hands on a marker like that how much is that like a 50 dollar marker <laughs> it must be it must be but you got to think of all the money he's making on oh uh, yeah just being little, a, a marker guy <laughs> by doing little spiral patterns on his <laughs> right I mean, you know, is there you know, any greater sign that there's no point to like anything that you know i'm glad for this guy you know obviously do whatever you got to do in these trying times mm. but the fact that that guy is definitely making six figures and just by like using a spiral uh dry erase board and a big fat marker <laughs> like money does not matter at all like you know what's interesting anything. though is yeah. like I think the the drawings and stuff are like a to him it's like a promotional tool for his music. Oh shit. <laughs> All right, I'll give it up. All right. It's the account is Limba L I M B A Trip T R I P. Limba Trip. Limba Trip. Not like, to be confused with Yeah. Go ahead. L- with Linda Trip? Yeah. Different <laughs> different This guy is a different lady from Linda Trip. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, <laughs> I'll have to. Uh, what was it? Was Linda Tripp? What did she do? She snitched on Lewinsky or something? No. Um, who is that? That's not Linda Tripp, right? Linda Tripp was a. Is she a more recent person? <laughs> no, no. She was involved in that. Um, okay. Let's see. Who played a prominent role in the uh, Clinton Lewinsky business uh, trips action in illegal blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I mean, she was involved in it somehow. But there was another woman. Who the fuck was that? Oh, well, uh, also Linda Tripp from Jersey City, New Jersey, represent. Let's um, go. She should have a rest stop named after her. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> now, who was... Um, oh, they got a Panda Express at the Linda Tripp rest stop. Nice. <laughs> was Linda... Sorry, I know you're trying to ask who was that. No, no. Yeah, go on. Go on. Is Linda Tripp... Was Linda Tripp played by John Goodman on SNL? Oh yeah, yeah, right, yeah. That's I, Linda Tripp. Okay, yeah. I I keep thinking of, I mean, this is uh, the the woman that was played by Will Ferrell on SNL. <laughs> um, oh, Janet Reno. Janet Reno. Oh man, yeah. I love. There's okay. So is it how the times Janet have changed? Reno exercise uh, video? <laughs> no, it's not. There's an episode where she boxes Rudy Giuliani, who's playing himself. <laughs> Yeah. And he, he, she hits him and he goes, Oh, you fight dirty. And she goes, Then how come my conscience is so clear? <laughs> <laughs> or clean, not clear. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. You know. That's, that's very funny, though. Yeah. Um, wow. I forgot all about Will Ferrell as Janet Reno. Yeah. What a time, huh? But that, that is the funny. That both of our, uh, 
our references are like, who was that man that played that woman from that <laughs> scandal on SNL? <laughs> What a time, and by what a time, I mean what a worse time. Yeah, God. We've, we've come a long way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess SNL was. I I I, I don't know. I don't, don't know. Don't do the well, SNL I, was better. No, than even no, 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 no. I I I'm not doing that. I uh, it's just uh, I don't want to litigate what what time was worse now or then. Oh sure, oh sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Yeah, whatever. Who gives a shit? Yeah, honestly, I, at this point, it is who gives a shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's, now is bad and it only getting worse. Yes. Anyway, guys, I, I need everybody to just quiet down. All right. Because this week we're, we're going to give you a we're going to give you the podcast equivalent of meningitis. <laughs> Because this episode is going to be so good, you'll be spent rendered speechless, and you'll never want to hear anything else. Perfect. Thank you. It's hush. It's hush time. It's hush, baby. Time to hush. Shut hush the, up. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> shut the fuck up. We uh, This is a big episode. Big, big old episode. You know why? Well, uh, Why? Um, I mean, because Katie Siegel's here, like for real. None yeah, of this Marisol bullshit. Yeah, we got. Remember Marisol? I do I kind of remember oh, Marisol. Scary, so scary. <laughs> so okay, uh, yes, Katie Siegel is in this, and apparently, this is uh, where their their love truly bloomed. And... <gasps> I didn't know that. Well, that's what I hear. Aww. Um, <clears throat> Tell me more about that. Well, when uh, when a uh, when a Mike Flanagan and a Katie Siegel love each other very much, <laughs> <laughs> when a man meets a woman who looks like all the women he cast in his other movies. <laughs> yep. Then, and he's got. He's a, like, wait, he's a pregnancy I have the ch- fetish. He's yeah, I was gonna, gonna say, <laughs> I have the chance to get her pregnant for real. <laughs> yeah. No more pretend. <laughs> Actually, um, what's her name from Absentia? Uh, Courtney Bell. She really was pregnant in that thing. Yes, she was. She was extremely pregnant in that thing. Yeah. Uh, and that's what the casting call said. Yeah, yeah. I need must somebody be, extremely must pregnant. Be, I must be exquisitely pregnant. <laughs> must have a big old round belly for me <laughs> to photograph. Film, yeah. Get the wide lens. <laughs> Um, also in this here movie, uh, Samantha, uh, wait, Sloan, 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 looking like, um, which of course we know from Midnight Mass. Uh, she's also in Fall House of Usher, the Midnight mm-hmm. Club. She becomes a a Flanagan regular along with Michael Trucco. Michael who, uh, Trucco. Yeah, man. What kind of? What kind of nice, nice Italian boy, eh? Yeah. Where's he from? California. Whoa. (laughs) Uh, Wait, northern or southern? Mm, Or uh, central? It looks like southern. San San Mateo. I'm going to assume that's southern. I think that is northern. I think that's like Silicon Valley. Is it really? I think so. So, whoa. 
I'm disrupting an industry. <laughs> I'm disrupting a Flanagan film. <laughs> I can't figure out how to make this company profitable. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, you know what? Okay. Mm. Now this makes more fucking sense. This guy was in um, uh, the fucking show Battlestar Galactica. Okay. Oh, okay. He, he was in uh looks like 36 episodes. That's what I knew I recognized this guy from somewhere, but like I just assumed it was from other Flanagan things. I watched that show and that's and you know, last episode we talked about uh uh Oculus with um uh Katie Sackoff in it, also mm. from Battlestar. Ah uh, yes. Uh, so right. this is all making sense. This guy this Flanagan guy, he just he wishes he would have been on BSG. Yeah. He was, he, he was a big BSG fan. Yeah. Um, Very embarrassing. So this is Truco. Trucco was on BSG. Yeah. Would you say Truco or Trucco? I don't know. I, I have no idea. To, I might just try to avoid it for the rest of the episode. I'm going to call him John because that's his character's name. I'm going to call him that too. I hope I don't accidentally say John because I live in Philadelphia. Oh, geez. Uh-oh. <laughs> and then this fucking John w- walks up and... It's <laughs> mm. not even right. Uh, that's not the right uh, way to no, use that word. No, it's not like a pejorative. Oh, uh, and you wouldn't really use it to talk about a person. a person. It's kind of like anything but what you did. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not trying to be difficult, but no, no. So I had uh, uh, out of infinite options, I picked the only wrong one. Is what you're saying? I, I'm re- I'm reminded of the. I think it's a family guy joke <laughs> where, yeah, Adam West, Adam West, right? Uh, Someone's pointing a gun at him and he says, go ahead and shoot me. But you should know there's a tiny bullet sized vest, bulletproof <laughs> vest somewhere on my body. And if you hit it, you'll be the laughing stock of me. <laughs> and you hit the, you hit the little <laughs> bulletproof vest. That is funny. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, who else is in this? John Gallagher Jr. and Emma Graves, right? So John Gallagher Jr., mm-hmm. um, his father is John Gallagher Sr.? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay. Let me uh, just write. Hold on. Let me just write me just that down. Sr. Spelled the traditional spelling? Uh, yes, yes. Okay. Um, you may know him from such uh, Sorkin efforts as the west wing and the newsroom i mean all he's doing in this movie is walking and talking so it's true that is perfect i so it's always it's it just sticks out right not not you know the walking and talking but how flanagan always like he works with the same people over and over again right and then like in this movie, he he's working with John Gallagher Jr. Right, and then never again. Which I'm like, what happened? Mm. What happened between the two of you? Is it just scheduling conflicts, or was there beef? You know? Yeah, I mean, maybe he just like he that's didn't... one of those things where like I, uh, you know, if you're a filmmaker that works with a lot of the same people, when you don't work with somebody again, it's like yeah, it it, it says something. Did. And I'm I'm not sure. I could just be reading into it, of course. But no, I mean, there's something to it, right? He's the lead of the movie. 
is the co-lead of the movie. Right. So it's like he has top billing over Flanagan's own uh, wife. Mm. He's like, baby, don't worry. I'll give you top billing at home. <laughs> I'm going to get you so pregnant. <laughs> Please. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's, it's interesting, too, because it's like you got to figure, you know, not that this was like a huge movie, but yeah. He had his pick, certainly, of like other actors of this tier of fame. Sure. Success. Of yeah. And I don't think he does a bad job. I think he's a little, you know, wooden board kind of. He's not that interesting. Yeah. But I, so, th- like, that I feels a, like a script issue. Yes. I, I, so I think an interesting thing, but, uh, that I'm discovering here by going back and re- watching the early works, right in chronological chronological order here. So, like the miniseries is, I really enjoy, right? I think they're very good and well made, and you know, like we talked about Midnight Mass, and uh, everybody's criticism of that, about that was like so talky. Everybody's monologuing all over the place, right? But I think it works in that show, and the monologues. I feel like are poignant and they have like a lot of weight behind them and they, they work. Yeah. Um, it is interesting to see these early works where like the, the writing is, I'm going to say not quite there yet. Yeah. I mean, this is also like such a, yeah. Right. We talked about it. He's like Flanagan, Flanagan. When he's, <laughs> when he's like in midnight mass mode, which by the way, Midnight Mass. Mm, it's in this movie. It's a character in the film. It is a bit of a character. Um, that he's, I mean, literally, right? He's filming a not like a novel. Yes. And this is very cinematic. And I just don't think he's a very cinematic kind of guy. Like, yeah. Doctor Sleep is kind of a fluke in that way where it's like not that that's super cinematic but it needs to be to an extent to pull off its premise. Yes, I think he's much more of like a character guy. Yeah. And that he's he's um yeah. His one I think <laughs> like his one cinematic move is to turn the camera sideways and then fix it. <laughs> All right, we're going to do the sideways thing again. All yeah. right. <laughs> All right, we're Alexander drink Payne. Merlot. <laughs> yeah. Um so I uh did you like this movie, Dan? You know, Oculus I'm still a little I'm still feeling kind of sour about that. Yeah. Uh I liked it more than that, most definitely. Me too. I like this a, a lot more than Oculus, I'd say. Maybe I agree. I mean, it's probably because the writing was uh well, the main character, our lead is uh silent. She's sure. de- deaf and mute. So, you know, she she's not going to be giving any monologues directly to the camera and not it's not going to be some overwritten talky kind of thing like mm-hmm. Karen Gilligan uh, Gilligan Gillins. What is, what is this? Uh, John Gallagher Jr.'s? Hey, hey, everyone. <laughs> this motherfucker just said Gilligan. <laughs> like a fucking idiot. Like a real chucklehead. Um, <laughs> yeah, let me but, guess. Uh, sorry, not Gilligan. Sorry. Karen Skipper. 
All right. All right. Sorry. I I mean, uh, Marianne Gillen. What? Oh, geez. Oh, geez. I've been watching a lot of TV land. Let's talk about that. Um, hey, and congrats to us. Turn turn the, the ticker over. This is two episodes in a row talking about TV land. Possibly three. I think it is three. It might be three. Um, uh, yeah, so I think that... We're going to go on a sick Andy Griffith riff. Oh, boy. <laughs> I just watched... I mean talked about arrested development last time but the andy griffith when they're going to court and oh, yeah. they're, they're gonna hire andy griffith yeah. and for two twenty thousand he'll lean over and whisper something in your ear <laughs> but then ron howard is like i just want to make it clear that in no way were we trying to make fun of andy griffith <laughs> great show great and show can't stress enough just stick with it it's about to get good <laughs> Season four is where it really picks up. <laughs> yes. They they find their voice. Yeah. Um anyway. No, I, I think I, I think this movie really benefits from uh less less dialogue, a lot less dialogue, you know? Yeah, it's an interesting and sort it, of I mean, duality, premise. right? Where we're like, we like the talky, we like the monologuing, but at the same time. I like that nobody's talking here, really. Yeah, I mean, the premise lends itself to just being, you know, quiet. It's a yeah. home invasion kind of a thing. It's a, you know, serial killer stalking a person. Not, he, he let me loves, tell you all of the mythology behind this mirror. Yes. You know? Jesus Christ. But also, yeah. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah, in this sort of, like, first act of his career, he really loves, like, a gimmick. Yes. Which does feel very like indebted to Stephen King, right? Like, what oh, if a yeah. mirror was haunted? <laughs> yeah. What if a deaf lady was haunted by a guy? Yep. <laughs> uh, all right, it doesn't quite track, but you know, yeah. There's like a there's a hook, no, but there's like this, a strong jumping off point. This, I mean, yeah. This is, you know, if this uh, wasn't a, you know, if that wasn't the hook of this movie, if Katie Siegel's character wasn't deaf and mute. It would just be another like slasher kind of movie. Sure, like it's. I do. I do also. Yeah, he's he is sort of like. It does feel a little bit like a, there's like a checklist of subverted expectations. He's kind of running down. Sure. Yeah. Um, which like to your point, right? Like the writing is not super strong, even mm-hmm. in the, even in those sorts of ways. Right. Um. But it is fun. It's like a it's a great idea. I would honestly, no offense, I would love mm. to see somebody else make this movie. Sure. Right? It is a great premise. There are some like elements of it that I think are pretty good. Yeah. Like when he has her dead friend tap on the window. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, you know I don't know. I so I, I do like this movie. I don't think it's great. Um, I, I think I had higher hopes for it, like just based on the premise. Mm. And judge style. Yeah, Buttigieg style. <laughs> Go on. Um, no, just that like, um, I don't know. I, I Maybe I was just expecting something a little bit different. But like the character of the man, right, played by uh, John Gallagher Jr., um, so he's not like menacing, you know? Yeah. He's, uh, he's yeah. not like, and I understand like the situation is scary. Like the guy is, you know, 
uh, a murderer and he's already killed one person and he's trying to get in, you know, torture uh, Katie Siegel and uh, mentally and fuck with her until he breaks in and eventually kills her. But like the I don't know, all of the sort of like, you know, he's a little too witty or like too not even witty. Maybe that's that's not the right word. Um, I don't know what I don't know. I yes, I think they want him. They being Mike Flanagan and Kate Siegel. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure she's complicit in all of this. It's a package deal. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Um, I yeah, I think they want him to be. I mean, she is credited as one of the writers. So. Oh, is she? Yeah, right. Because do you know how they wrote it? Since there's like no dialogue in the movie. Um, I have no idea how they, they basically it. acted out everything in their house. They were like, Oh, would it, wouldn't it be cool if like I came from over here now, Dan, and, are you joking or no, I'm serious? not. All right. I'm not. Um, and in fact, there were issues when they went into production because they couldn't find a house that was laid out close enough to their own. Oh boy. <laughs> which is, so they had to like apparently rewrite big chunks of the script, which is, incredibly short-sighted uh, yeah shockingly that's like that makes that's the kind of thing i read i'm like shit i can make a movie <laughs> yeah, right right when you All hear I, about like people's processes of like making things and yeah. you're like oh is that it like i've been overthinking this yeah. completely all i gotta do is know what the set looks like in advance yeah great great and then and then you run into our bedroom. Now we have to find another house that has <laughs> that our, our bedroom. bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. It's yeah. yeah, it is so funny to make it so specific to your house that you can't possibly shoot it anywhere else. <laughs> now, this is your fool. house, right? No. Okay. No. This is a, a different one. Yeah. In Alabama. Anyway, uh, how did we get yes. on this? Oh, uh writing the man, the character of the man, the, man. the chatty, uh, chatty Kathy here. He is a bit of a chatty Kathy. And that feels like a real insecurity on Flanagan's part, Flanagan, because he didn't <laughs> feel comfortable making this a fully silent movie. Like, obviously, yeah. that was a consideration. Like, that's sort of baked into the premise is like, what if a movie were silent? Right. What would that <laughs> yeah. be like? Right. Um, but I mean, straight up, he has said, like, he was worried that like the audience would lose focus or something to that effect. Right. Or, and yeah. to me, that is just like, I mean, maybe it's good. He's understanding his limitations. Cause mm -hmm. he's probably, if we're being completely honest, maybe not the guy for this movie. Yeah. But like, um, you can make this with no dialogue or basically no dialogue. Yeah, I there um there in uh in Blood Simple, right, the first Coen Brothers movie, there's like a half hour or so where there is just like no dialogue. It's just things, you know, actions happening on the screen. And it's like it's fucking compelling, you know. Like, yeah. I don't know. You could with with uh you know, music and sound effects. That's the other thing too. It's like the first five minutes of this. I was like, Oh man, is this gonna, just going to be like sound design? The movie, you know, deal me in. That sounds I, great. I, I would be totally fine with that. Go ahead. Make it sound design the movie. But then like, I don't know. Uh, again, uh, the killer so chatty. And so chatty. 
And they he actually, I think, suffers from Brady Hartsfeld syndrome, where it's like they want him to be this like incel kind of recluse weirdo, mm. but also have him be like incredibly clever and yeah. hyper adept in like but social situations not. and right. I mean, like in maybe in social in when Mike or is that his name? The, yeah. Uh, yeah, or yeah. John, or John, John. When yeah. John shows up, uh, you know, he he's sort of like, you know, he's quick on his feet to you know, to an extent. Yeah, to an extent. Exactly. Um, funny that you brought up Brady Hartsfield, too, because there is a quick shot of Mr. Mercedes on her bookshelf. That is that what book it was? I yes. saw I saw his name. Yep. His, he being Stephen. Uh, yeah, King. we know who he is. Capital H, he. Right. <laughs> he of microwave fish fame. <laughs> I tell people about that and they're like horrified. It's disgusting. <laughs> Did I show you that the New York Times cooking vertical was like, I think it was the New York Times. I Forgive me if I'm wrong. I would hate to slander such an. integral publication yes please yeah a newspaper which hasn't recently made any gigantic um you know anyway er, yeah yeah go on jesus yeah read that story no thank you it's very anyway i'm pretty sure they had a microwave fish recipe gross yeah gross gross gross. yeah added to the list of literal uh war crimes they've enabled (laughs) Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the uh, I think that the killer is a little too chatty. Um, I mean, that's right. Isn't that like part of the reason that uh, like serial killer movies like Michael Myers or Jason Voorhees, like that's why they uh, it, it, like it's popular or whatever. It's like yeah. this unstoppable sort of thing, even like something like The Strangers, right? The, mm-hmm. Those movies which I think the trailer for the new strangers just came out. But like that's part of it is that like, it's this sort of anonymous, you know, killer with, you know, this faceless person, which is fun when, uh, when he shows up with the mask. Right. And then there's a part where she's like, I didn't see your face. Like you can leave and I won't say anything, all that shit. And then he takes his mask off. I did laugh out loud because his face is so nondescript. It's just a face. 100%. (laughs) And what sucks is like, I thought that was such a, I mean, that's item number like one on the list of expectations subverted, right? Give him like a creepy distinctive mask and then just have him take it off. Right. Cause that's not the point that I think that's like a cool little turn, but yeah, Yeah, no, he's, he is simply just some guy. Right, that's why they had to give him the neck tattoo to give like any sort of description yeah, of the guy. Right, yeah, and that's that's the other thing is like he's kind of like a custom character villain yeah. where it's like yeah. neck tattoo. <laughs> um, his weapon of choice is a crossbow. Yep, which I really struggle with. I'm Not sorry, me I, too, man. I bump up against that hard. That is, yeah. um, silly Billy stuff like. When I don't know. So I feel like the first, I don't know, five, 10 minutes of this. I'm like, all right. Uh, I like, yeah, I like what we're setting up here. Yes. And then as soon as you see Sarah, Samantha Sloyan's character 
mm-hmm. take an arrow through the chest or whatever. Yes. I'm like, oh no, we're we're doing too much, aren't we? Yeah, we're we're gonna be doing too much. Yeah, honest, like honestly, if he, I kind of all right. It's, what if what if it was a bow and arrow instead, like a like a hunter's like compound? Is it a compound or uh, compound bow? That sounds right. That sounds I think like that's something. I think that's what it's called. But like, what if that was his sort of thing? Was that he's like, I'm a, I'm hunting you. Mm. Right. Like that's his MO. Not like I, the crossbow thing. Crossbows in general, I feel like it's just the most cumbersome uh, that, weapon. And that's that is tough in this movie. Right. Because there's a whole yeah. sequence where Kate Siegel's character, Maddie, can't load the crossbow. Right. Yes. Like she's struggling to load it. And he's uh, the man is watching her through the window and he just says to himself, not so easy, is it? Right. So it's like, what? Why, right. is your, why did you pick the hardest to use thing to go on a killing spree? <laughs> right. You freak. Also, it's like, I know you have a knife. You just slashed all of her tires. Exactly. Which like the knife is like backup. He's yeah. like, my preferred weapon is the crossbow. And now. Then, yeah. I, I kind of get, right, because, like, part of the thing, one thing they really belabor is that he's a, a short king. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, right, they go out of their way to say he's 5'6". Yes. And he talks about how he would lose a fight to strapping Michael Trucco. Yep. Um, and so if the angle or the idea there is, like, he has the crossbow because he doesn't feel he's too you know yeah it's compensating for something yeah he's he's too well he's too low he's his confidence is too low to do close quarters combat with somebody right that's fine i Mm -hmm. guess but i i don't know man yeah so okay let's talk about like the first 10 minutes or so the setup right which so we meet uh the katie siegel character she's cooking dinner maddie young Maddie Young. She's making a risotto and it sucks. Yeah. Every time she tastes it, she's like, Bleh. yeah, it's terrible. Uh, um, but the strong emphasis in the beginning on all of the sounds, right? Like the clicking of the stove and then the sizzling of things in the pan, all of this, right? Um, What's that movie that just came out? That French uh, food movie? The French food movie. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. I think it's French. Maybe it's not French. I don't know. There's a Rat- food ratatouille. No, stop. Come on. You know, you know that dune a tooie. Le dune, le dune. Um, une petite dune. <laughs> food movie 2024. The taste, <laughs> the taste of things. Oh, I don't know what that is. It is. I think it is maybe French. Okay. Or something. Uh-huh. And what about that movie? Um, it's very food heavy, a lot of sort of sounds. It's very sensual. Sensuous. Yeah. Ah, sensuous. Um Yeah, that's what I said. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so she's making food. Lots she's of, making food. Lots and of but sounds. Then, I like it. So then the camera sort of like shifts um into like uh, from like looking at Katie Siegel to like it moves into like her point of view. And when it does that, the sound drops out 
and it, everything goes silent, right? Yeah. Which I I liked. I thought that was like, a, oh, that's kind of like a clever little way to show that she is deaf without like specifically saying like, well, since you've been deaf, which they do in like another five minutes. With <laughs> right. The character, yeah. Sarah By the character. way, how did you become deaf again? And yeah, when? Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, oh. <laughs> How old were you when you got sick and lost your hearing? Oh, 12, 13, whatever. Does that mean that your voice inside your head is a chi- like a your child's voice or whatever? Which like all of this stuff, I feel like that line is in there so that later on when Katie Siegel is imagining herself it, talking, Right, it's getting out in front of the cinema sins. Yes. Yeah. Like, Which is stupid cuz I don't yeah. care or just give her a thirteen-year-old girl a voice. That'd be too confusing. That would be very confusing. But even so, like, it, if if nobody said anything and you just saw like the her imagining herself talking to herself or whatever, you wouldn't even think about it. No, you you, you would never question like, oh, why is she like? Why can she hear the older version of herself if she lost her hearing when she was twelve? Doesn't matter. Nobody cares. Um. <laughs> Right. Or whatever. Is it just to let us know she has a vivid imagination? Oh. It which, by the way, comes in handy later on. Ah, uh, I guess. Um <laughs> <laughs> so uh she's cooking dinner and then her neighbor Sarah comes over to return uh her book that she wrote called Midnight, Midnight Mass. Mass. Yep. And she says, Oh, I love the characters of Riley and Erin. Um which and 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 yeah. at this point, Rob, I'm doing the Leo meme from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> I'm pointing at that TV, beer in yeah. my hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I recognize those names. Hey, Katie Siegel, you play Aaron in the future, a very prego Aaron. By the way, mm. he's uh. yeah. He found a way to improve on the yeah. <laughs> there, <laughs> the original draft of this script. There's three pages of Sarah talking about how much she loved that Aaron was pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. uh, I am interested to see the other pregnancies uh, references in uh, his other movies. movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah, This thing's coming up. I thought you were just going to say I'm interested to see the other pregnancies. I I want to see those other pregos. All right. Mike Flanagan. (laughs) Flanagan. (laughs) (laughs) Um. This guy's pulling a flan again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for forgetting. Uh, yeah, I, that's I, what I I'm doing. Stepped on it. That's um, no, okay. So uh, uh, her and Sarah are talking. Sarah is learning sign language, right? So, and she seems to be getting uh, better at it. She says, um, "I liked all this, like the interaction between the two of them." Um, uh, Katie Siegel signing and not having like uh, it, it wasn't like over the top explaining everything that she was saying you know it wasn't like you know like a one-sided phone call kind of a thing right also not subtitled which, oh yes also not subtitled correct which uh, like a, like as an amuse-bouche for a movie that is very like visual storytelling heavy i like Mm -hmm. that but that's really not this movie (laughs) no it's not well right it's not what the movie becomes which i guess on in retrospect yeah yeah um so yeah and then sarah says oh um 
yeah, John is going to be home in a little bit. Um, you know, maybe. Uh, oh, you're, they're outside, right? And she's there, right? Sarah says something about John being home in a little bit, and then uh, the alarm, the smoke detector starts going off, and it's crazy loud and also like flashing, uh, like uh, strobe light. Mm-hmm. So they run inside and they, they, you know, clear out all the smoke and whatever. Her, she has burned her dinner. Ugh. And they make an explicit like reference to the smoke detector and how loud it is and all that. And uh, now, and why like, would oh. they mention that? Ah, check off smoke detector. I see. Mm. See the smoking detector. <laughs> I thought that. At a certain, I don't know. I I was expecting there to be a little bit more of a table turning when, uh, like, towards the end, right? Which there is to an extent, um, but I don't know. I I was expecting much more of a, uh, I don't know, maybe a little bit more of a Home Alone kind of a thing, <laughs> you know? <laughs> With like that's that's not a fair complaint. <laughs> It's not a fair complaint. You can't expect it to be home alone. I know I can't expect it to be home alone, but I was expecting her to maybe use, mm. uh, you know, her, uh, yeah. uh, you know, her, her disability or whatever to her advantage and against him a yeah. little bit more. You know, Sarah is like, oh, I love your train set and Michael Jordan cardboard cutout. <laughs> Oh, what are you watching here? Angels with dirty faces? <laughs> um, speaking of Sarah, <laughs> she's just watching Home Alone. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that gives me an idea. Yeah. Uh, uh, speaking of a, Sarah. Speaking of Sarah, there is a really, I mean, talk about the dialogue not really being there yet. When yeah. they're talking about Midnight Mass, the line, uh-huh. I love the line where she goes, how do you come up with that ending? Oh, yeah. And you never, right? There's no, like, specific given, which is the right call. You don't want to, yeah. if you're, if the idea is to be like, this book is really good, you want to kind of give as little detail as possible. Yeah, and, and that's, I think that's when she, when Katie Siegel does all the sign language stuff, and we don't know what she's saying, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and also the, how do you come up with that ending thing? Mm-hmm. Well, we're in a movie here, so guess what? We're going to be talking about endings. We're going to be experiencing one. Yeah. Um. So, uh, Katie Siegel, Maddie, uh, she, she she goes in. Sarah leaves. She goes home. Maddie goes in. She goes to her computer. She's working on her her latest her follow up novel, right? And she's having a problem with the ending, and. She's she's doing that thing where she's like, I suck, you know, typing it out. I suck at writing. Uh, I'll never write another book. Blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. The end. Yeah. And look, that's that's fine. Yeah. You don't need her in voiceover negotiating with herself. No, you, you don't. don't need it. You don't need it. Um, And it not too uh, uh, pretty soon after. She sits down to like write and whatever. Um, we see Sarah come running back up to the the door, and she's banging on the door. Trying the door is locked. She's trying to get in. Um, she's obviously being chased by someone, and and then we see her take a an arrow to 
to the to the back. And then this guy comes up and just stabs her to death in the in the gut, right? And all of this is happening, and Katie Siegel is not looking outside, so she doesn't see any of this happening. She's sort of comically not looking outside. Comically she's, not looking. She's looking every which way but the door. I uh, know. It's a, a bit silly. <laughs> um, also, the... It, yeah. it really it is so close to being a comedy beat because on top of that, he stabs her so much. Yes. Like she gets stabbed. Yeah. Like quite a, a bit. Yeah. Quite a bit. Yeah. Um, um, although I will say I found that a bit brutal, that whole thing. Oh, definitely. It, it's play. It, it's not played in any kind of like exaggerated way. It just feels very no. real and terrible. This isn't like scary movie here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like Scream. Yeah. But this it's is nothing it, like Scream. <laughs> but that's that's another like I thought that was also like I'm with you. I thought that was brutal. Right. But then as soon as that guy takes his mask off and he starts like, you know, talking, I was like, you've kind of taken the air out of this character. Yeah. You know, he is much less scary now. Um, but so, uh, Sarah uh, stabbed mo- to death. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, kind of jumping ahead, but that moment where he takes his mask off, right? Like, yeah. I, t- again, you, they are putting dialogue where they don't need it. Cause mm-hmm. when he says, now, you know, like that totally undercuts, like what is otherwise a pretty good moment. Right. Even sure. though his face is stupid. For him to just like take the mask off, that's like, that's it, and just give yeah. a little evil smile or something. But Tot- yes, yeah, you don't you don't need the dialogue. You don't need the dialogue, right? Uh, so uh, um, we should make it, a silent cut of this, like a fan edit. Oh, let's do but, it, or or I guess just like an edit. It would be called <laughs> in this case. Um, then we see like Katie Siegel. She's like walking around the house. She's doing some stuff. Um, the guy, the man, uh, the killer, he gets into the house, right? And he, her phone is like on the table. He grabs the phone and like takes pictures of her. And, um, when, when she goes back, she, she has this little like uh, conversation on a video chat with her sister, uh, on FaceTime. And, uh, there's like a moment where, uh, the killer is almost in like the reverse shot uh, of the FaceTime shot, but he like ducks out real quick. So she hangs up with the sister and then she starts getting messages from her phone onto like iMessenger on her uh, MacBook. Right. And it's pictures of her walk, like from moments earlier and then from like a second earlier. And she's like, oh, uh, what's, you know, she's totally freaked out. So, you know. I'm getting hushed. Uh, yeah, I'm getting fully hushed here. Aren't I? <laughs> um, so she sees the, this killer guy, right? Uh, she sees the masked man. Um, you know, the door is open. That Like she's airing the place out. That's why it was, the door was locked first. That's why Sarah couldn't get in. Then she opens the door to air it out. Sarah's already been killed and dragged away. Um, but then she, you know, there's a moment where the doors open and her and this guy are like kind of face to face. And then she like runs and she slams the door shut real quick. And, uh, you know, she tries, 
she tries dialing 911 from her computer. Guy cuts the power, cuts the Wi-Fi, all of this, right? And then, you know, it's now now we're in the dark and in the, the silence or whatever. And she does that thing where she says, like, she writes it out on the window, didn't see her face, uh, you know, won't tell anyone, just leave or whatever. And that's when the killer comes up and he takes off his mask and... You know, he's like, and there he is. Yeah. He's like, can you read lips? And she's like, yes. You know, she shakes her head. Yes. And he's like, what does he say? He's like, uh, I'm going to I, I am going to get in there and kill you, but not yet. Um, you know, you're going to be uh, by the time I'm done with you, you're going to be begging me to kill you, uh, which is some chilling shit for sure. 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 Um. And then from there, uh, he like walks away, and then it just becomes this like you know she's in the house. It's like a little cat castle, and mouse kind of castle thing. defense. Yeah, castle defense exactly. Mm. Also, I was gonna speaking of castle defense, which is a type of video game. Mm-hmm. Did you feel like it was very like transition from a cut scene to like gameplay when that shot happens where it switches to her POV? Felt like kind of a video game move to me. Yeah, I could totally see that. Yeah. I didn't think that in the moment, but that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It's time to start thinking that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> um, she grabs like, she doesn't have any like real weapons in the house. She grabs a hammer and like, she may grab like a knife. Um, and then she like goes into her bedroom and like closes the blinds. And this is that part where she like, uh, she sees like a shadow shining through the window and we hear tapping and it's, it's the killer and he has taken Sarah's body and using like using her hand to tap on the the glass or whatever. Sort of a Salem's lot style. Yeah. Situation. Wouldn't you say? Definitely. Um, Do you think she's obviously conscious decision? Yeah, probably. I think it must have been. Yeah. <laughs> it must have been. Um Yeah, I don't know. What do you what do you think of all of this like I don't know. I I got to I got to be on. I I was getting a little frustrated by at least by the third act when you know, we're still defending the castle, so to speak, you know. Yeah. I think it it's very like yeah, you know, the guy the killer is, you know, toying with her at first, but then she like, she uses the fucking, the, the claw side of the hammer and like, you know, digs into some, his arm, his forearm, yeah, get some good in the fucking arm. Yeah. <laughs> and from there, I'm like, you know, I, I see that. And I'm like, Oh, well this, this guy seems like the kind of guy that would get really upset by that. It, you know, being like a Brady Hartsfield, incel type yes and you know being upset that a woman got the best of him and then you know throwing all of the games that he was you know going to play out and just going after her. that's what it seemed like you know was going to happen but it's not like at no point does anybody break any windows you know yeah and we don't find out until way way late that it's really hard to break the windows it's really right? hard it's to like break tempered that. glass or whatever but like those glass, the glass 
uh, door, the sliding glass door is tempered or whatever. But oh, sure. Split. But like a wind, right. Like a window. And yeah, I mean, to your point, like, uh, when she's doing her little gaming out of the situation in her head, like one of the things she says is he could come in the window. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, she's just saying what we're all thinking. Yes. Like do that. there are multiple times where, you know, she is either outside uh, the house or like the window is open and she's like hanging out the window and he runs up and she closes it just in time. Right. Yeah. And every time I'm like, he should be able to break the window <laughs> right now. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Um, use the right. Like you got the crossbow. Just use the butt end of the crossbow. Yeah. Which do something, man. This I'm I rooting mean, for this guy to kill this woman. <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, there, it, it sort of neuters uh, the killer, you know? Yeah. Uh, when you're, I, I get that he's trying to like subvert your expectations or whatever, but like it, it is just a window. And I feel like one of the scariest things about home invasion movies, which like I got I like I hate home invasion movies like the strangers <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. I hate that shit because it's like way too real. Right. And it's not fun to watch for me. Mm. And that's like one of the things uh, like one of the tropes or whatever of that genre is like, yeah, you live in a house and you think it's safe, but it's not. Yeah. Like, right. The other thing is like that house that they're shooting in is so yeah. Or, you know, I mean, that they're using for the exteriors, at least. Like, right. It's so fucking big. Like, yes. Which means both there's so many points of entry and there's no reason to keep them out that long. Like, right. They could evade each other in the house. She could go outside when he's inside. Like, there are things we can do here. Right. I Like, he doesn't get into the house until, like, the last, whatever, like, 10 or 15 minutes. Which I, again, I like, I was honest, I was expecting him to be inside the house and there, you know, like, because right. the is, whole idea of her not being able to hear him and he's inside the house, that's fucking scary, man. Totally. Y- yes. Know? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you, use your premise, right? Right. <laughs> right. I also think, it, again, they're trying to like have their cake and eat it with, what type of villainy is right. Like this is kind of what you were saying. I think like, um, he starts out as like this, you know, sort of like, uh, frontal lobe sadist where he's like, yes, the, 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 the process and the slow burn and the gamesmanship, this is what gets me off. Right. But then like, as soon as she puts that hammer in his arm and he's just like, (laughs) that should be the turn, right? Where it's just like, this guy's like a fucking animal. Right. And right. Like we're sort cause like what by the end of the movie, that is what's happening where it's just like, it's brute force against brute force basically. Uh huh. And that is like, that is stressful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, uh, I don't I, know. You got to peel, start peeling away at that sooner. It feels like we take a yes. false start toward that. And it's not like a steady sort of just like all those sort of, you know, chess moves are like falling away or whatever. Or yeah. 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 That makes sense. Um, by the way. Yes. Unrelated completely. Oh yeah. Please. Um, 
but I know we're not going to do where it was Slimer because we don't do that anymore. Right. We're done with that segment. But did you see what someone tweeted at us? Oh, no. <laughs> I uh, shan't say who because I don't know if they want their, I don't know if they want to get doxxed on a podcast, but yeah. Um, there's a Slimer popcorn bucket. <laughs> that we like in the in the same vein as like the Dune yes. sandworm popcorn yeah. Here, let me show you. Let me show Please. you. Please. Uh, oh man, can are people as horny for the Slimer bucket as they were for the Dune bucket? You tell me. Oh, oh, baby. Yeah, it's impossible to tell if he's eating the popcorn or barfing it. <laughs> That's what I love about this. I I will yeah. say though the the comment this person left uh-huh. when they shared this with us made me laugh very hard. And it was just, we fucking got him. We know <laughs> where he is. <laughs> Slimer is at your local Cinemark at the Cinemark. Yeah. That's oh, pretty man. good. I want one of those. Yeah. I kind of want one of those. Yeah. Too, you know? Um, I want one of those sandworm, uh, dune buckets I too. Know, right. It looks pretty cool. It looks uncomfortable uh, to like reach in and grab. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's well, I want to eat as much popcorn as I can as fast <laughs> as possible. See, what I want to do is get a get a big old popcorn, right? Get that sandworm attachment on the top of it, right? Mm. And then cut a hole in the bottom of it. <laughs> That's the thing. It completely eliminates the need to cut a hole in the bottom. <laughs> you're just like you're just like drenching the worm part in butter and liquid butter <laughs> topping. It's just like so to to cut a hole and stick my penis in through the bottom of the popcorn bucket, and there's a sandworm. Is it a hat on a hat? A bit, a bit of a, a pervy hat on a hat. A hat on a cock. Yeah, yeah. Really. <laughs> um, that was that was too blue. That's I'm not, sorry. No, no, was, me, me. It was oh. it was so crass. Oh, to say cock. Yeah. And I'm, that's not me. I'm sort of like the Frasier of this thing. A bit <laughs> yeah, erudite, but ultimately a yeah. bumbling fool. Yeah, you are You are kind of the Frasier of this uh, podcast. I'm a bit of a, maybe a bulldog. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Martin. You're Martin Crane. Yeah, I might no, be a Marty. You're Crane. Martin from Martin. <laughs> you're Martin Lawrence. I'm Martin Lawrence. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, what? I, what I wouldn't give for the oh, for Frazier me. Martin crossover. Those two would oh have God. so much to talk about. Are you yeah, I'm sure we've talked about it. Are you a Frasier guy? Um yeah. Yeah. I like I, it. I rewatched the first couple seasons recently. So good. It's terrific. It's I really mean, like, good. Season one, obviously it's a little rocky, but you know, what season first season of a show isn't. Sure. But like once they really like find their groove. Oh my God. Give me all you got. Yeah, man. <laughs> the episode where they buy the restaurant is one of the <laughs> yeah. one of the best sitcom episodes of all time. I uh, there's it's I, I love this episode so much. So uh Frasier and Niles and and obviously uh you know, this is not a Frasier podcast. We're not, this is not, uh, uh, talking, uh, this is no, this is, uh, Frasier head, which is not to be confused with elephant men or David Lynch <laughs> podcast. <Yeah. laughs> 
this is uh, Talk Salad and Scrambled Eggs. I'm sure that's the name of a podcast already. I'm almost, <laughs> I'm almost certain. Ours, I think a better name for ours would be Word Salad and Scrambled Eggs. <laughs> Perfect. Um, no, there's an episode where uh, Frazier and Niles, they, uh, they get, they, I don't know if they win it or they just go to this like day spa and they have like a, uh, you know, the, the, whatever the, uh, the silver package and they go and they're like, you know, they're experiencing whatever is in the silver package. And then they're like, what, what's behind that door? And they're like, oh, that's only for people with, you know, gold memberships. And they, you know, Fraser gets all indignant about it. Gold like, memberships. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Isn't that weird? <laughs> that would be weird. That's the package where they pull all the dead skin off of you and feed it to you. Yeah. Yeah. It's they exfoliate you and then they, they feed it to you. It's <laughs> gross. He loves gold. All right. Um, no, but Fraser gets like all, you know, I, 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 you know, I deserve the gold package. I, I, you know, he gets all huffy about it. This is an outrage. It's an outrage. And then they go in there and it's, and they're like, oh my God, this is so much better than the silver package, right? They're just like loving it. And then there's another door and they're like, what's, what's behind that one? Mm. And they're like, oh, that's the the platinum Platinum. package. Yeah. 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 And they're like, I want that. I want that. Right. And they go to that one. And then they get to the the you know the platinum package and they're like oh this is the best and then there's another door and they're like oh Diamonds. my god what what's behind that door and they they look around and then they sneak in and it's just an exit door to the back alley of the <laughs> building. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good joke. That's a great joke. joke. Yeah. Uh good. Great stuff. show. Great show. Anyway. Anyway, hush. Back to this okay movie. Yeah. So all right. Uh, there so there are a few moments where like Katie Siegel like there's that moment where she's under the porch and whatever else not I don't know that that didn't really I feel like the tension just sort of like gets sucked out at certain moments yeah well she goes under the porch and all that happens is that he walks away he walks away but then like she when she crawls out um like an arrow gets shot at her and like you know like oh right that's when she's going to run she goes to make a break for it right right on on foot because he slashed her tires yes um uh, and then that happens and she runs back into the house right um there's that moment where she is um she's on the like the top floor she's on like the loft area and she she has this i don't know a plan or whatever to take the flashlight that she has and throw it out into the woods, distracting him, making him go after the flashlight, like go fetch. Mm-hmm. And then she is, she climbs down and what, what? I don't even remember what she's fucking going after there. She's climbing down. She's going to get the phone from Sarah. Right? Oh, that's right. Sarah, yes. Sarah has her phone on her. She has a flashback right. to the loving shot of Sarah putting her phone in her pocket in her pocket. Right. Right. So she, right. She's climbing down the trellis and, um, and the guy comes back and shoots her in the leg with an arrow. Shit. And, yeah. Oh, and ooh, oh, fuck. That. Uh, and then she climbs back up and she, she's like on the roof mm. and, and she breaks the cardinal rule of getting shot with an arrow. 
leave, uh, taking it out. Yeah, leave I it know. in. Everyone knows to leave it in. You're supposed to leave it in as much as you don't want to leave it in. Of course. You simply you, must. You simply must until you can get your the tie for your bathrobe. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so she's on the roof and she's got this arrow in her leg. She pulls the arrow out and, you know, she she can't scream. She's mute, right? Um, and then there's, you know, on the ground, the, the killer is reloading his crossbow and... Um, he's like pointing it up there. So when she like pokes her head over the edge to see where he is, thwong. Yeah. He shoots and like just barely misses her. Right. But he can't, I guess he doesn't see that. Um, so he climbs up the trellis and when he gets to the top, she like, does she stab him with the, the arrow? Right. I believe she stabs him with the arrow and he falls all the way down. (laughs) He falls all the way down, but then, but he, so when he was climbing up the te- trellis, he he's getting to the top and he throws the crossbow up onto the roof and then he then he climb you know pokes his head over, then he falls. So now she has the crossbow. So she grabs the crossbow and the arrow and runs back into the house. Right, um, and you know there's that moment where she's like standing there pointing the crossbow unloaded un you know uh, I don't know what it's called when you pull the the, the string back. Yeah, but what do you call that? I don't know. Whatever. The string's not pulled back. It's not pulled and, back. And what's There's more, no is, arrow in the fucking thing. What's more is it never will be because. Well, she does get it once. That's true. She does get it once, but it takes a lot of tries because yeah. as we will learn in Gerald's game, blood <laughs> is very slick. It's like oil. Yeah. Um, so she goes inside. She tends to her wounds um, and then she spends a good half hour trying to load the damn uh, crossbow, right? That, Meanwhile, so outside. much of that. So, so much of that. So much of that. To the so point where it's like, there. at a certain point, you're like, you're in the bathroom. Wipe your hands on a towel. Yeah. Wash your hands. I, I know this is like a high stress situation here, but also. Yeah. You, you, you gotta maybe... Take one second, figure it out because yeah, <laughs> this is really important. <laughs> we we know you're capable of it because we're gonna Ooh. listen to you game out every possible scenario. <laughs> right. Uh, meanwhile, outside, um, we hear a noise, somebody knocking on the door, and it is John, Sarah's boyfriend, and he's <laughs> he's knocking on the door, which is uh, a bit insulting. Because John definitely knows that uh, she well, is deaf. he thinks Sarah is there. Oh, is that what it yeah, is? Yeah, okay. because she's all not right. at home. Oh, all right. Well, that makes sense. Um, so he's knocking on the door, and then uh, uh, the killer hears this, and he comes up with a c- quick plan. He grabs a flashlight, pretends to be a cop, right, and he tells him, you know, down on the ground, down on the ground, you know, show me your ID, all this stuff, right, and. They have they are they talk for like five, ten minutes. Yeah. I do like the way that um the killer sort of their John Gallery plays this where it's like you can feel him sort of like losing steam on pretending <laughs> yeah. to be a cop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That I thought was really funny. That is funny. Um yeah, I, like intentionally, not yes. like not like I'm making fun of him. I think it was. A no, good, no, 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 it, that it is intentional. Yeah. Um, and the other thing, too, when uh, uh, 
after he killed Sarah, um, he took one of her earrings as like a souvenir and he put it in his pocket. Right. So, uh, you know, he uh, the killer asks uh, John for his phone. He's going to call it in and he lost it. He says he lost his phone, that there was somebody, an intruder in the house and he knocked him over and makes up this whole fucking bullshit story. Right. Woke up. I didn't have my phone, my my badge, my gun. Yeah, or my uniform. Yeah. Or yeah. well, luckily he happens to be dressed like an undercover cop on a TV procedural, <laughs> right? <laughs> like if I yeah. saw that guy, I'd be like, "Oh, you're a Law and Order style guy, right?" right? Yeah, yeah. You're you're one of those guys that you're, doesn't wear like a badge on your shirt. You have like the the necklace. Yeah. Badge, yes. Right? Exactly. <laughs> you're you're gonna be Ice T's partner for one of his like old partner who comes back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for, for for one episode. For one yeah. episode when Mariska Hargitay had to use PTO. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um so right. So he takes the phone and he puts it in his pocket, like try and then the guy John is like, Can I have my phone back? And John is like a big dude. He's he looks like he's like, I don't know, six three and fucking jacked. Yeah. And uh, he's he's like one of those uh Winklevoss twins. He does. He's a bit of a Winklevoss. <laughs> Was this guy Rowan Crew here? Come on. He's a um, Winklevoss only child. Yeah. So he takes the phone out of his pocket and the earring, Sarah's earring, falls out. And John sees it and recognizes it, right? This was another thing that I was like, why? I, I don't know. Like, is it? That John is not fully convinced that this guy is the intruder. But, like, why doesn't John just sort of go after him right there? You know? He knows, or at least, like, has been led to believe he's unarmed. Right. Right? Yes. So, yes. Um, yeah, you would have the advantage, certainly. But instead, he concocts a little plan. Yeah, he he said he's like, oh, there's a I know she keeps a spare key in this plant over here. Uh, so, you know, killer walks down the fucking stairs. He's looking around the plant. They're talking or whatever. In the meantime, John grabs a, a big rock and he's like, I'm going to crack this guy in the head with the rock. And the way the angle is all set up, the killer is like crouched down and, and John is sort of standing in front of the stairs at the porch and what you know through the conversation or whatever like it becomes clear that both you know john and the killer know that the other one knows you know yeah and then all of a sudden we see maddie like bang on the door trying to get john's attention which she does and he turns and in that moment uh, the killer stabs him in the neck yep and that is really on Maddie. That that's 100%. Kind of her fault. That's blood on her hands. That's all I could think is like, why, why on earth would you do that? Like, yes, it's, it's pretty, I don't know. Maybe from there she can't see whatever, but yeah, no, that, I mean, that is the only, you know, uh, excuse is that she couldn't see that the killer was there. Yeah. But also instead of banging on the door, Maybe open the door. Yeah, go outside. Maybe go yeah. outside because you don't see the killer. You see John, though. Like, I, I don't know. That's like, uh, you know, you, you, you've just distracted him, and now he's stabbed in the neck. Yeah. Um, 
he starts bleeding out and like collapses on the ground and the killer gives him the old uh albert brooks and drive what the uh oh because john's yeah, yeah, like the, staggering uh, oh, toward no. him he's like it's yeah. over it's already it's over, over. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's done yeah, which yeah. i also think is always like a very chilling thing to say oh, so chilling yeah. yeah it's already done man <laughs> that's it, good so that's good stuff john collapses and uh killer goes over to like check and and john jumps up and tackles him and gets him in a chokehold and he's choking him out pretty good i also liked this i like this part yeah. too um I, it's definitely like I've definitely never seen that before where like a guy who has been stabbed and is bleeding out has the upper hand on the killer. Yeah. And is like, you know, he's choking him out and like, you know, he's not going to kill the guy, but it's it is de- definitely like an interesting sort of yeah uh, turn. Um, And I do like so John does bleed out and dies there uh, while he's choking him out, but he doesn't. Like I said, doesn't kill him. And once his arms go limp, the killer like, you know, breaks free. He breathes. And he's like, Oof. yeah, I definitely would have lost that fight. Right. So I thought it's I don't know. I don't know about that line. It's yeah, because it's also like the second or third time he brings it up. Yeah. Right. Yes. So now Katie Siegel in the house. Right. She sees that, uh, you know, he's uh he's killed john now um john oh right before john dies he also says like run you know he's mouthing the words run and you see katie siegel like run and then then the killer catches her and then smashes her head in with a rock and then we see her smashed up head yeah very gross very good would you (laughs) agree gross oh super gross yeah um but but then uh, it that's just like a uh, uh, not a fantasy dream whatever uh, it's it's just a thought that she has like so now she's still she's inside and she's trying to figure out what to do right and this is when the vision of her is talking to herself yeah. she does she gives it the the Ben Shapiro special she's so like I could run I could hide I could fight. And in all of these scenarios, that's, uh, you know, Blaze Media or whatever, uh-huh. whatever his media company is called. They made that movie, Run, Hide, Fight. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's about a school shooting and about the, it's like the, it's like. It pr- it's pro school shooting. It's <laughs> no, it's like the, it's like, man, if that were me in there, the movie. Uh, right. You know, yeah. I, I believe the day is saved by a dad with a sniper rifle. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> God, oh, God. What? Man, did you see? Uh, I mean, you must have the Ben Shapiro like uh, rapping on that uh, that conservative white rappers song. Oh, Forgiato Blow. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I guess on Forgiato Blow's track, right? It's Forgiato Blow, or is it a different mm, one? It's a different. Is it guy. Dom Luker? That guy? White conservative is he rapper. Even a rapper. Hold on. Tom McDonald. Tom McDonald. Yeah, yeah. Tom McDonald. Oh my god. <laughs> I so I actually only heard Ben Shapiro rapping. Oh, you didn't you didn't see this. Yeah. Wow. Oh. Yeah. Which oh my god. We I got okay, just quick quick sidebar here, right? 
This morning when I was going to work, right, I parked my car in the parking lot and one of my coworkers was also parking and she's blasting music, right? And I know her to be like conservative, we'll say. And and she's like and it's like I can hear it. It's she's it's rap and I'm like I don't, you know, I I know she's not like into rap music. I mean, that's weird. And the the I could hear some of the lyrics. And you're and like, oh, like, why she's listening to a a little boy rapping? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I it, it's it's it the it had, the words are like has something to do with like border control and other like conservative talking points or whatever. And I'm like, Jesus Christ! But it's this guy. It's this Tom McDonald. Tom McDonald. My rap name, Tom McDonald. <laughs> but can you like the guy is. First, I mean, he's Canadian. He's appropriating black culture to. Oh, sure. His- when when snow does it, we love it. But <laughs> as soon as you don't like his politics, it's a huge problem. But how strange is that? No, Come it's on. it's very strange. And then you look at him, too, and he's like. When you say appropriating black culture, it's not merely that he's rapping. It's, it's right. that his hair is done in, like, box braids or whatever. Yes. Right? <laughs> um, he's got, like... He's got, he's got like a grill and like face tattoos yes. and, you know, all of this shit. I mean, like the guy is clearly going for a very specific look while also being extremely conservative. It's so music, funny. Right? It's so funny that it's Ben Shapiro, too, because he's such like a fucking tight twerp tight wide like oh yeah uh, classical music is the only real music kind of guy. Oh, my God. He uh, right. He said that. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, you know, when he was on this this track, people on Twitter were like, isn't is this you saying like classical music is the only real music or whatever? Yeah. Which like, oh, God. Fuck. Oh God. I'm just looking whatever. at Tom McDonald. Like I Googled his name. Yeah. He has a song called Fake Woke. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Love it. I I is there. A, so I was thinking about this, right? Um, yeah. You know, the way that like. Uh, uh, right wing people they use woke as like a noun, yes, and they do it with trans too, where sure. they're like, this guy's uh, a woke or a trans, or it's just like it's like we need to stop woke. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to yeah. make trans illegal. Sure. Don't no one clip that. That was super clean. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez. Um. Is there like a word for that process of like taking an adjective and turning it into a noun and sounding like the dumbest like a, mother, like a fucking idiot, just like a complete fucking. That's what. Oh, boy. It drives me. It really baffles my mind because it's just like, do you not care? Do you not realize I mean, on top of like, uh, obviously, on top of the messages themselves being so uh, you know, racist and homophobic and all of these things, right? On top of all of that, it's also like the worst kid from your elementary school who's like, uh, you know, uh, no, uh, you know, uh, you're playing tag and you're like, nope, that doesn't count. Uh, <laughs> you know, like bullshit, like, um, whatever like it, it, twisting rules right. around to uh, uh, no that's against the rules it, but it I, is like you know. kind of fascinating like people it 
these are all people who didn't realize rules are fake until they were like 50 years old. Yes. And yes. are it just like snapped their brains clean in half. And, right. and they, they think, lived by the rules and they loved the rules and and yes, they yeah. grew to love the rules. And then they were like, nobody's following the rules. And they wait, they're fake. And yeah, right. And it's just like they think that like, yeah, the first time it occurred, like, yes, Donald Trump breaking like social norms. <laughs> it was the first time I think a lot of these people realized that you can just be like obnoxious Yes, but they seem to think they invented it or like no one, no one has ever, this has never occurred to anyone that you can just like live a life of pure self-interest. Yes. But, and like, of course everyone knows that. And then everyone doesn't do it because it makes everybody's lives around them worse. Yes. Oh, that's very well put. Thank you. Clip that. Well, you know I'm not going to do that. I'm going to clip the other thing. And <laughs> no, 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 um, Should we right, release so, a, what's his name? Yeah. Tim Calhoun? No, that's uh, <laughs> Tom McDonald. Tom McDonald. Tim Calhoun is uh, Will Forte's character from Weekend Update where he's reading really quietly from the cards. That's fun. I love that character. Anyway, um, we should make a Tom... Uh, Tom McDonald style track. Oh, like a, uh, a diss track. Should we, <gasps> you want to come at Tom McDonald? Should we beef with him? That would be funny. That- and like, like one of us can guess on it and we'll, <laughs> and we'll go like this and we'll do the whole thing with our noses pinched and we'll be like, a f- I mean that it's like, um, you know how uh, like a song will come out, right? Uh, like a whatever. I'm familiar. Uh, a, yes. A, a popular song will come out and then conservative, some sort of conservative group or whatever will make a a parody version of that song. But the conservative version. Yeah. Right? Open woke style. Yes. Open woke style. Um, but like we take a Tom McDonald song and just do the reverse of it basically uh weird al normal normifying it instead of you know sillying it up <laughs> you want to just take the track and make a real song yeah yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> you, you want to like you want to put it through like a brita filter and pu- yeah. just clean it up <laughs> yeah but there's that 30 rock joke where like uh you know, they make a, a novelty food song and then Weird Al normal, normalizes <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> he makes just a regular song. <laughs> I love it. He, he, <laughs> um, all right. So back to Hush. Uh, so, Real quick, I got one thing to say about Weird Al. Oh, please, please. Um, I put on, Yeah, you know the song Germs? Mm, no. It's his Nine Inch Nails style parody okay. about being a germaphobe, which is such a funny pairing <laughs> of things. <laughs> it, what is it? A uh, is it a parody of Closer? No, it's not a parody. So he, it's not. Or a, is it just like in the style? Yeah, you know when of, he does like the oh, pastiches. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I was thinking about this, and also I had a captive audience because I was driving with Paige. So I started telling her about uh, how the style parodies are so much better than the specific song parodies, like 100% of the time. And, you know, she's trying to get, she's trying to claw out, but I can just lock the doors. (laughs) 
I got the I, I got the child yeah. locks on. She's in, so she ain't going anywhere. So I, so I speed up so it's too dangerous for her to conceivably get out of the car. Yeah, yeah. this is a, this is more of a horror movie. Yeah. Than horror yeah. <laughs> you marry someone and then you find out they want to talk about Weird Al. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, Frank's two thousand inch TV classic. <sighs> you know that uh, one? Yeah, yeah, I do. Great song. Great song. Like just a uh, great song. Not even particularly funny. No, I I agree. Um he he has those two Christmas songs. Um Christmas at Ground Zero and The Night, the Night. Santa Went Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Which I I love. I think I mean those are actual good Christmas songs, I think. <laughs> I I love The Night Santa Went Crazy. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's I mean, I love them both, but you know, yeah, cheap whiskey on his breath, <laughs> like, <laughs> so good, like a big fat drunken Yuletide Rambo or whatever. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, really good. Yep, good stuff. Uh, but good stuff. but I gotta give it up to the goat, Albuquerque. <laughs> the last track on Running with Scissors. It's like fourteen minutes long. Oh, I don't know if I don't. I don't, I don't know if I know Albuquerque. I'll I'll listen to it as soon as we get off this uh, pod. Imagine <laughs> fourteen minutes long about. Albuquerque. I was gonna say, imagine me at ten years old, <laughs> knowing all the words to that song. <laughs> yeah, easy. I, to, I, it it's easy if you try, dude. Uh, I mean, talk about like a. I mean, Weird Al is one of those things where I I I'm with you. Like I loved it as a kid. I like I wasn't allowed to listen to like uh popular music like whatever was happening on the radio like you weren't I was not I did not know that yeah I like my I wasn't like my CDs and whatever I wasn't allowed to get the CDs that I wanted to get I you know so I had to you had to listen that. to Weird Al I had but like obviously I like I love Weird Al it's very funny and you know good but yes when like People were listening to Nirvana smells like teen spirit. I was listening to the smells like Nirvana. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, uh, Weird Al's parents died from carbon monoxide poisoning. Wait, really? Uh, yep. Oh, no. Yep. That's terrible. Watch out for that. Check your, check your batteries, man. Check them out. Make sure they're good. Okay. Hey, speaking of carbon monoxide detectors. Speaking of silent death. Huh? <laughs> not really yeah. so yeah, um, I, I like mine yeah yours was better <laughs> so maddie uh, now uh john's dead she's you know kind of her fault uh, i've heard of she, john dies at the end but john dies halfway through the movie <laughs> <laughs> so now i'm just scrolling on my phone <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even I couldn't even be bothered to listen to myself say that. Oh boy. <laughs> so uh Katie Siegel, she's she's sitting on the floor. She uh she's running through all of these scenarios in her head, right? Uh what does she do? Does she hide? If she hides, she's just gonna bleed out and die. Uh if she runs she, Yeah, she runs, uh he's gonna catch her and she's dead. Um, all of these scenarios. And then, you know, she, she says to herself, what is the one thing that he isn't expecting? Right. And, uh, for her to go on the offensive, of course. Uh, 
so um, there's a, a moment where uh, fucking uh, the killer is he grabs cigarettes out of uh, John's pocket and he's golds. Like, yeah. He's talking to the dead body of John and, uh, you know, being all cocky about the whole thing. And then out of nowhere, he gets shot in the shoulder with an arrow, right? Uh, he gets really fucked up throughout this entire movie, uh, which every time she gets him, I laughed. Uh, it's very funny to have, like, the killer constantly getting hurt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, mortally so, wounded every 20 minutes. Yes. Um <laughs> She runs back into the house, uh, drops the arrow. She tries to, oh, real quick, grab the arrow, blah, blah, blah. And um, she gets her, he slams the sliding glass door on her hand, busting up her Dude, hand. Dude, good. Like, this really fucked up. Yeah. What is it with the flan man and, and hand destruction? I know. He's obsessed. Hand destruction. It's, it's, it's women being pregnant, it's <laughs> looking Destroying like hands. his wife. Kate yep. Siegel, and yep. it's just pulverizing someone's hand. Yes. Oh, this is like a real look away from the screen opportunity for me. Oh, yeah. Um, so he, uh, and this, I, I like this. We're in the, like the last like 15 or 20 minutes of the movie at this point. Um, and now she's like, she's clearly like, pissed off you know she's she's not scared anymore she's more on like the i i am going to kill you or die trying to kill you mm -hmm. right which so he's like that you know they have the glass between them and he's sort of taunting her and he's like i'm gonna i'm gonna get in there i'm coming in or whatever and then she <laughs> she puts her finger in her own blood and writes on the window do it yeah <laughs> you know um which uh I mean, the, this there's so many hat on hat mistakes that get made here, right? Because again, sure, that is cool, and I was like, sick, good, yes. Yeah, but yeah. then she goes back into the inkwell of her arrow wound <laughs> and writes yeah. "coward" underneath. It's like, I no, we got it. Like, yeah, which like, so I I thought it would have been better since you know. Uh, Silent movie, right? Um, Holy movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if instead of her writing do it, she just did like the come here sort of thing with her finger. Mm, like, like cool. come on. Yeah. Like, yeah. I thought I, I it just like a little, I don't know, a little little thing. Yeah. Um, but then so she does that and then she runs over to her computer. She r quick writes down like his uh, sort of description, you know, five, nine green eyes tattoo on the neck. Yada yada yada, um, you know. Uh, I I uh, love you, mom, dad, and uh, her sister. And she's like, I I died uh, I died fighting, right? And uh, and you know he's he's bashing the uh, uh, the window trying to get in. The window, like I said, is tempered glass, so it's it's not breaking easily. Uh, she runs upstairs into her bathroom. Which I really I like this shot. So she's sitting on the floor, staring at the door of the bathroom, waiting for him to come in through that. Right. Uh, the the camera's pointed at her. Behind her is the bathtub, and you see like oh well. First she gets in. He gets in right. 
No, no, because no, because no, this is the kill shot when in the bathroom. Yeah, well, yeah, it's right as she as he's coming in. He breaks the glass. Well, first she plays dead in the kitchen, right? No. Or is that late? That's later. Sorry. What um, is she playing dead? He breaks in. And she's got the knife. She's laying there with the knife or not the knife, oh. the the mace or the roach killer or whatever. And then. Oh, yeah. That's after this. That's after this. OK. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, come on, Dan. Did you even watch this? I'm movie? really sorry. No type apology forthcoming. Oh, man. <laughs> no type apology. <laughs> uh, to the to the King Me community, I, I let you down. To the Flanosphere, uh, I just want <laughs> to all my other alpha dogs out there. <laughs> uh, so she's she's sitting in front of the bathtub. Behind her, you see like um, like light, sort of like twinkling and sparkling, right? And it's glass breaking and reflecting off of the moonlight. Yes, and then and then you see his boots sort of like come down, drop down behind her, and you're like, oh, he finally broke a window and <laughs> entered the house. He wised up. Okay. And and then he does this. He's like again, you know, he's just like playing or he's trying, you know, he's trying to be he's trying to be like a, you know, a smart serial killer. Mm. It's what he's going for here. So he's he's behind her and he's talking and obviously like she can't hear. She's still like staring at the door like ready for him to come through the door. And then he like sighs or he breathes out and she feels the breath on his neck or on vice versa. She feels his breath on her neck. Yes. And she quick spins around and jabs him in the leg with the knife. Right. Again, man, at, at this point I'm like kind of getting frustrated because right. They've got, they've got a bit of a Tom and Jerry thing going at this point. Yeah, like they just like keep like, all right, now I'm going to smash your hand. Now I'm going to stab you. So she runs down the stairs. Now she's playing dead. This is where she plays dead on the on the floor in the uh, kitchen. And but she has a like a, a can of like roach killer or whatever. And he gets close and she sprays him in the eyes with it. And then she grabs the the smoke detector from earlier, the loud strobe light and starts, you know, using that and fucking with him there and she (laughs) he gets the upper hand again somehow (laughs) somehow like this is what i'm talking like you know i i I like you know she's using the strobe light thing okay but like where do you go from here like you have to kill him now that has to be the moment because Otherwise, right. It's so unsatisfying, right? When it just is like a, a struggle at the end. And yeah, yes, it, it, it should be her completely getting the upper hand on him and killing him in like, but by, by taking away his senses, taking away his sense of, you know, the sense of sight. And then with the noise taking away, uh, you know, his hearing or whatever. And then like, cutting his fucking tongue out of his mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Should, yeah. Should have like stabbed him in the fucking ear with a Ooh. with a fucking knife or something yeah. like that. That's, that's my punch up here. But <laughs> he gets the upper hand again. Starts strangling her. She starts like her life starts flashing before her eyes. All of that. A life we 
by the way, had never seen before this moment. Right. This we don't really, these, really yeah. bothered me. This was yeah, so unearned. completely unearned. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Um, and it, and it's all they're all pictures from Katie Siegel's real life. Right. Like from when she's a kid and growing up and all this stuff. Right. And right. It's unearned. We don't see her and her sister. We see like one picture of her and her sister. But these aren't like yeah, they I actually just have feel to go like shoot that. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and on the ground, there's a uh, like a corkscrew. Uh, yeah. Corkscrew. And as she as he, he's strangling her. Uh, she reaches out and she could feel it and she grabs it. And with her last sort of breath, uh, she stabs him in the neck with the corkscrew and uh, gets him like through the throat, like in one side, out the other. Mm. World's longest and, corkscrew. Yes. <laughs> uh, stabs him. He uh, bleeds and chokes and dies on the floor. Right. And she's able to call 911. Uh, the cops uh, in the last like sort of shot or whatever, we see the cops driving up and she's sitting on the porch, like waiting for them. Flantrope. Flantrope. Flantrope in like uh, it like reminded me of when Katie Siegel was being uh, uh eaten by that vampire in, in midnight mass. And she like use, uses a knife to like cut its wings. Yeah. Or yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally. Totally. I was like, Oh, this is a little samey. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's, that, that's it. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it's like, I don't think it's bad at all. I think it, but I do just think it's okay. I agree. You know? I agree. For all the reasons we said it's, it's really just okay. There, yeah. it feels like, yeah, he's got a bunch of cool ideas in here and he just can't thread the needle and ends up doing too much somehow, which is crazy because isn't this movie like 80 minutes long? Yeah, it's kind of short. It's pretty short. Uh, I and mean, look, we love when movies are 80 minutes long. Per- <laughs> yeah. Piranha is 80 minutes long. But yeah, I mean, that's a masterpiece. Uh, though. Yes, it's unfair to hold it up against Piranha. But um, yeah, somehow... Too much happens in this. There are too many moments. I, I just there are too many uh, dead ends. I think. Yeah. You know, I think there are too many moments when um, things aren't heightening enough. Yes. You know. Yeah. Uh, you know, sure, she gets shot with the arrow and she's bleeding out. Okay, that uh, now there's a timer, right? That we have to do something soon, or we're all gonna die here. Yes. Right. Um. But like even that isn't really emphasized until uh, after John is dead mm. and she's on the floor like talking to herself. Um, you know, we know that she's been stabbed. We know that like she is bleeding. But, you know, it's not I don't think it's super clear that it's like a mortal wound. No, I also just think, again, like you don't need the the voiceover for that just have her I know. sort of yeah. sway we've already established that we can do first person stuff yeah yes just do use use that stuff like uh, yeah again this movie should have been 70 minutes instead of 80 <laughs> <laughs> no i i don't think we ever should have heard katie siegel's voice in this movie i agree i think it totally 
undermine. I'm not trying premise. to silence women here. That's not my what I'm no, going for. We're trying to silence this one woman <laughs> in this one scenario. In this one scenario. Yeah, it. I agree. I feel like it totally undermines the premise. I feel like there's yeah. no thematic purpose to it. It really is just like a. Again, it feels like an insecurity that like I can't tell yeah. this story without throwing this in here. I don't trust the audience enough to get right. this across. And like, yeah, his wordiness, Flanagan's wordiness, that's like that can be um, something that can be a good thing. Yeah. But that applies when he's making like a Stephen King style thing and not like an Alfred Hitchcock style thing or whatever, you know, like right. this is such a good like suspense premise and he is not a suspense guy. It kind of reminds not that they're the same at all, but it reminds mm-hmm. me of what we were saying about uh, David Lynch in terms of Dune, where it's like he when he's just like giving you pure unfiltered him And it's just like in David Lynch's case, it's like silly dream logic and just like these, you know, sort of like, you know, uh, just imagery or this like surreal imagery or whatever. You're like, oh, totally. I get exactly what's going on here. Yeah. yeah. But as soon as he has a plot to deliver to you, the whole thing kind of falls (laughs) apart. Like, oh, I. uh, ooh, (laughs) right. (laughs) Like Um, you think about you hold it up against Midnight Mass or something, which. Um, that's my gold standard, at least. Like, no, absolutely. Midnight Mass. I, I mean, we talked about it. It's great. Yeah, it's but, it's fucking great. But it's also a very simple story, right? Like, yes, yeah. Priest comes to town. Priest turns out to be a vampire. Wants to turn the whole town into vampires. And yeah, and that's like basically it. And then yeah, the rest is it, like character stuff happening around it. Right. But it, it's it's dealing with the religious aspect of it, which like obviously Flanagan, you know, he's dealing with his own sort of religious uh, yeah. background and whatnot. I don't know. I, it, I I just I can't stop thinking about like how much better this would have been like in the in the beginning. Right. After like uh, after he sends the pictures of her to her on the computer. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, he's in the house, right? What if us as the audience, right? Like, what if the power goes out, but we know that he's in the house and she doesn't know that? Yeah. Right? That that's that's sort of the Hitchcock thing of like, you know, if you uh you know, if a bomb goes off, that's a surprise to the audience. If, you know, you see somebody plant the bomb under the table and you know, you know that there's a bomb under there and people are sitting at it, then that's suspense. Sure. You know, if we know that the killer is inside the house and, you know, maybe for the first half hour, the first act, he's just like kind of fucking with her. And like, you know, it's all, you know, she doesn't know what's going on necessarily. And, uh, you know, eventually like she, you know, finally figures out that there's somebody in the house and like whatever but like i i don't know it, the way that this all plays out it just uh it, it, i don't know it's such a i think it's such a good premise i agree and i just don't i just don't love the execution i, I couldn't agree more i think that's a much 
the much more sound approach to this sort of thing. I think my problem too is that like I I knew about this movie, whatever when it came out, I just didn't see it. And for that, from that point until now, when I've watched it, I assumed that he was inside the house and this was like some sort of a silent cat and mouse kind of a thing. Yeah. And then it turned out not to be that. And maybe that's my own problem. Like no, but me being disappointed with my own <laughs> fucking idea. But know? as someone who didn't have that preconception going into it, I'm disappointed that that's not what happened. That's not it. Right. Yeah. Cause like you said, like there are so many, I, so many half ideas in here, so many setups and no sense of how to pay them off. Right. So, like, okay. He's imagine he's in the house, right. And he's, but he, and he's still doing the, the chatty like killer thing. Right. But she just can't hear him, obviously. Right. But like the whole time, like he's fucking with her and talking and, you know, she just doesn't know. She doesn't know where he is at any point yeah. or whatever. You know, we know where he is. We can hear him. We see him. But like, you know, I don't know. The, there could be like a whole act of just that, you know, I don't know, whatever. Could We could have really had something here. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll remake it. I'm going to remake it. <laughs> I think it's due for a remake. It's It's been, what, almost 10 years? Yeah, almost 10 years, 2016. Every 10 years, it's like a star is born. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. this will be our generation's hush. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you say we leave a little we review? Should. We let her box. Oh, this yeah, thing. yeah. Okay. Oh, All you right. don't want to do it? No, no, I do. I forgot That's about that. Okay. We also forgot to do Dune. I know. So <laughs> let's uh, maybe we, we have to maybe we double up here. Oh, Dan, Dan's brought it up on the the video feed, guys. You can watch in real time if I ever post the video, which he won't. I might this <laughs> no, time. We'll see. It's maybe I will. Good. How many stars do you want to give this, Dan? I gave it three stars. I couldn't possibly give it more than that. So let's right, go with three. Yeah. Right down the middle. Right down the middle. Um, I'll say, um, boy, for a deaf mute, <laughs> this lady sure talks a lot. <laughs> My my review was going to be too chatty. <laughs> Let's just go with that. Too chatty. <laughs> um, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a funny. That's like uh, <laughs> it's like some like snarky uh, movie critics uh, review like headline. Hush. Too chatty. <laughs> <laughs> It's good. You know what? Hold on. I'm just going to take the exclamation mark off here. Let's deadpan this shit. Yeah, yeah. Let's deadpan this shit. Oh, and also, we don't like this, right? We wouldn't give this a like. I I wouldn't give it a like. I wouldn't either. It's bad. Yeah. Okay. And then All real right. quick, let's let's mm-hmm. let's just Oh, dune. Let's dune. Yeah. Let's dune it up. Okay. Guys, it, and, and if you want to hear us talk about the movie, Dune, oh. head on over to patreon.com slash kingmepod, where we're in the middle of our David Lynch series. We obviously just finished Dune. We're going to be reviewing that this moment. 
And then uh, let's see. Next week we got Blue Velvet. Ooh. Once again, Blue Velvet. Yeah. <laughs> let's get back in there. This is uh, a that shit. That I mean, that episode might as well be uh, a bullet because it's going to be a real love letter. Yeah, it is. Uh, that didn't really. You know what I mean? I'm doing. The, I know. I'm it. doing the yeah, line yeah. from the from the movie. Yeah, yeah. I know what it. I know what you're doing. So I did. I drafted a review for this. I don't know if you can uh-huh. see. Uh, I cannot. It says, but. if you want to hear us talk about this film, head over to patreon.com. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could leave that up there. But uh, yeah, $5 a month gets you all kinds of bonus stuff. Uh, obviously, we're we're talking uh, Twin Peaks on Tuesday. You'll get the full Twin Peaks episodes. And every other week, you'll get a, a new episode uh, on the bonus feed. Mm. Um, all right. Let's review Dune. Dune. First, how many stars would you give Dune? I think four stars. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, so, here's what I'll say for sure. I like this. I'm giving this a like. Yeah, I like it too. Here's my thing. When I when I was going, when I went full Dune, when I got the blue eyes yes. and was just when breathing you, straight When spice. you merged with the worm. Right. Um. So I watched the theatrical cut and I really enjoyed it and I gave it four stars because then I watched the extended cut and I gave it four and a half because oh. I liked it just a little bit more. Wow. A little more footage, a so, little more to love. A little more footage. I got I got to spend some more time with my uh, my friends on Arrakis, <laughs> <laughs> the Fremen, all them, you know, uh, Mujadib, you know, these are all uh, these are all great people. What I got, I got Fremen coming up to me, spice in their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> What's um? What was the thing they kept saying? Worm, worm lines. Oh no, uh, worm sign. Oh, worm sign. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have worm sign. The likes of God, not even God has yeah, seen or whatever. This film, <laughs> this film has worm signs, the likes of which. Not even God has seen. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Are you going to see Dune 2? Are you going to see Dune Part 1? Have you watched the I have not yet? watched Part 1, um, but I'd like to. As we yeah. discussed, where we were, get, by the way, four stars for this? Is that what we're doing? I, I Well, I say four stars. What do you say? I can do four stars. Would you? Were, were I would you go. I think I would give it three and a half because like it is fundamentally a mess. Yeah, it's a, yes, it is a flawed movie. I get, I have been more generous with my stars mm. lately because I've just been trying to enjoy more things, find more joy in life. <laughs> uh, but that's what the like is for. That's true. The, the star rating is a cold clinical assessment. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, it is. You're right. So um, three and a half. We, that's fine. <laughs> All right. We, okay. That's fine. I'm. Um, I'm. Um, I'm commandeering that's that fine. rating. Um, yeah, you gotta check out a uh, yeah, check out that first fucking Dune movie on Plex. It's uh, it is it is good. And that's you're talking to me. You're not telling our audience to sign into no, your talk- Plex account. Yeah, I'm talking specifically to to Dan one Danny Dune. Danny Dune. Uh, yeah, I wanna I wanna watch that. 
I want to read the book. Yeah, I know. I'm never gonna. <laughs> knowing me, I have. I do have the book, and I have tried to read it. Like I have started it a couple times, and I just like haven't. I've just lost interest. Yeah. or whatever. But I think. I think after this, I'm. I am gonna fucking. I'm gonna take the plunge. yeah i feel like you have so much like having a strong foundation of knowledge going into it is going to make it so much more palatable for when he throws a hundred extra things at you yes totally You've got the key facts down right and you know what i gotta tell you a big problem for me is i mean obviously anybody who's listened to this show for any period of time knows that i have a real problem pronouncing people's names mm. and when they're like make them up sci-fi names, it's real nonsense to me. So it just like doesn't stick in my brain. Yeah. But cause you're just looking, it's just a shape on the page. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but being able, you know, having heard all the names now, uh, it may, it's a little bit more of a, uh, of a, of a roadmap. Yeah. For me. Well, also, Frank Herbert throws you a bone sometimes and, and names yeah, it. With name, Duncan, Idaho. Duncan, Idaho, <laughs> or just like a Frank Callahan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lady Jessica, more Lady Jessica's please. Hey, right. <laughs> hey, oh, and I, and my eyebrows are waggling. <laughs> oh, by the way, also before we go and speaking yeah. of our, our Twitter account, I gotta, I gotta give a quick shout out. To, okay. to our old friend Diego, and I am going to dox him. Uh, okay. Because he's been very public in, in, uh, have you seen this? Have you heard about this? What he's doing? <laughs> have you heard about this? Have Diego? You seen this? <laughs> he's doing what? what I would consider the most psychotic thing anybody's ever done, which is, um, he's going through, he's re listening to every episode of King Me Proper. Uh-huh. And like pulling out like his, like best quotes. Yes. And yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. And there are some things that we said on this show that I have no recollection of. I mean, I, there are things we said on this episode that I don't remember mm. already. They're gone. Uh, through a blinding haze of semen. <laughs> um, that sounds like something you would say. It yeah. does. Uh, TSS, toxic Snell syndrome, obviously. Obviously. Uh, apparently we we pitched in the pilot also an uh, a, an Edie McClurg podcast. We I I actually I do remember that. That would have been good. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. There's still time. Yeah, there's still time. <laughs> this one this one was a bit of like a Proustian Proust had his Madeleine. I had mm. reading the phrase swampy razor tits. Oh my Unfortunately, I, I I don't know, but I do remember it. All right, yeah. Um, but he, I, I I've been retweeting them into the timeline. So uh-huh. if you want to see what he's doing here, this is really it's really remarkable stuff. I I know I'm so grateful because it's like a, it, you know, we've been very public about our refusal to ever go back and listen to old episodes. So. Yes. Yeah. 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 For someone to do it for us is like the nicest, the nicest gift. <laughs> Married a big fat oaf, a shining ham of a man in a tank top. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good one. That's uh, a good one. Also, just seeing a mention of the Banana Brothers, that really warms my heart. <laughs> oh, what are the Banana? I remember they them, are credited to? producers on. Oh, yeah. I forget what movie. <laughs> 
I guess. I mean, it's from the the Dead Zone episode, so maybe Dead Zone. Oh my God! What the? Yeah, the Banana Brothers. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Oh man. Also, this line I do remember and I do love is from the first Children of the Corn episode. They're moving to Seattle with nothing but his golf clubs and a dead boy. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's good. Yeah. <coughs> All right. All right, guys. That's oh, it. That was sorry. Some, One more thing about uh, this specifically. Oh, geez, sorry. Man. No, no, no. It's about this specifically, and then we can go. We we used to do an in memoriam section. That's yeah. a good segment. Should we bring it back? Maybe. Something should we something continue? should we do it? Should we do an in memoriam for everyone who has died in in a certain movie, or just like the people that we care about, like uh, like the Academy Awards does it? You know, <laughs> they, how they miss people. Right, we're not we're like, not gonna we don't have time to memorialize every key grip, no matter how sad it is. Yeah, yeah. I don't have time to memorialize Harold Ramis. <laughs> uh, we have <laughs> yeah, missing huge names in uh, in. Uh, in pop culture. Mm. Uh, we'll, we'll figure that yeah. part out, I guess. Yeah. All right. But for All now, right. we're going to, we're going to go, go pour another, uh, single malt scotch. Yeah. Smoke another stogie. Smoke another stogie. I got to deal with all I'm these gonna, women. I'm going to wear, take me down. I'm going to wear really <laughs> shiny loafers with no socks and, uh, cropped pants that show my whole ankle. That's right. I'm going to get into a, a Bugatti. Ah, what color is your Bugatti? It's fan? the one that it looks like different colors from different angles. Oh, I love that color. It's so, <laughs> so cool. Uh, it's it's so indecisive of me. <laughs> it's like, to me, it's like you can never really know someone. So it's like you think you know me. You don't know me. Oh, wait, real quick. Were you, I, a couple of years ago, this was, uh, I was, I don't were you there for this? We went it was me, Jack and Mark and we I don't I don't I cannot remember if you were there. I don't think you were, but uh we went to uh I think it's Brick uh Brick House over by uh, like Tinton Falls Outlets and whatever, like a shitty restaurant doesn't matter. But like a group of people came in and they were driving like insane sports cars, right? Mm-hmm. Like Bugattis and shit like that. And like we were leaving and some guy was like taking pictures like like a professional. He was a professional photographer with these people and he was taking pictures of this one guy's car. And we're like we were like walking past, like looking at it like and he said something like, oh, it's a pretty cool car or whatever. Right. And we're like, oh, yeah, man, like whatever. And he's like, that's like a million dollar car, man. And we're just like, oh, uh, OK, dude. Oh, <laughs> like, he was mad that you didn't like that it cost a million dollars. Yeah, we were like, we could not care less. And he was like, well, uh, you know, what are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? You don't care about that. I love That's it. the whole point of the car yeah. is for you to care about that. Just completely short circuiting a man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Uh, all right. That's enough. Uh, let's end it right before we hit two hours. All right. Great. Uh, bye. Uh, Bye.